0: Welcome, everyone, to the American Occupational Therapy AOTA Pediatric Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sandy Shefkin. I'm the AOTA Pediatric Practice Manager, and I'll be the moderator for this call. Now, this podcast is being led by content experts and reviews a specific topic that has relevance for pediatric occupational therapy. The, this call is being recorded, and it's going to be posted in a repository found at the children and youth area of our AOTA website. And to find that, you can go to, our, to the blue tab that, titled Podcasts right at www.aota.org backslash practice backslash children hyphen youth dot And we hope that you'll share the link to this recording and that we can continue this wonderful conversation on CommunOT, our forum. Now today, we're gonna be discussing occupational therapy, interprofessional practice, and leadership education in neurodevelopmental and related disabilities, or LEND. And I'd like to introduce our speakers and thank them so much for facilitating our discussion today. We have Dr. Duglene Jackson. She's an occupational therapist with over 20 years of experience in the rehabilitation field. She's the the assistant professor at the University of St. Augustine Miami campus. And she conducts community-based research at the University of Miami Mailman Center for Child Development, which is a LEND program. Dr. Jackson is active in several professional associations and boards. She has presented internationally and she's currently the President-Elect for the Florida OT Association. We also have Dr. Chris Barnacow. She's an occupational therapist with over 30 years of experience in pediatrics. She's an Associate Professor at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and is the Wisconsin LEND-Milwaukee-Link Training Coordinator. Dr. Barnacow's research program includes optimizing early childhood outcomes through early identification of developmental delays enhancement of relationship-based built interventions in early intervention and the promotion of health literacy strategies to foster family engagement. She's endorsed by the Wisconsin Infant Mental Health Alliance as an infant family associate. And finally, we have Ben Kaufman who is the Senior Manager for the Maternal and Child Health Technical Assistance at the Association for University Centers on Disabilities, AUCD. In this role, he provides comprehensive support to a more than $30 million national network of 64 federally funded training programs for emerging professionals from a range of healthcare disciplines. And this is called the Leadership Education in Neurodevelopmental and Related Disabilities, LEND, and Developmental Behavioral Pediatrics, which is referred to as DBP. This work involves curriculum enhancement and overall capacity building, facilitating collaboration across programs and with external stakeholders, including community-based organizations and public health agencies, management and analysis of impact data, promoting innovative, inclusive, and culturally and linguistically competent approaches to clinical care and workforce development, and increasing leadership opportunities for early career professionals. So, we are so lucky to have these three esteemed speakers today, and we wanted to start out by talking a little bit to to Ben. Ben, thank you so much for being with us today, and we were very honored to have you here. Can you give our listeners a little more of an overview about LEND? What is the purpose of LEND? How many occupational therapy therapists are involved in LEND?
1: Well, thank you, Sandy, for having me. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here, um, and I'm, I'm happy to describe LEND, uh, Lend in a little bit uh, more detail. Um, so LEND is a, a longstanding federally funded fellowship program that engages trainees at universities and children's hospitals across the country. Um, Trainees are typically graduate students, but also include practicing professionals, family members, and people with disabilities. Um, And the overall goal is to build the collective capacity of the healthcare and related workforce in each state To provide high quality, culturally and linguistically competent services and support um, to people with autism and other developmental disabilities. Um, So in addition to OT, LENS uh, typically engage trainees and faculty from a whole host of other disciplines, um, including but not limited to audiology, medicine, nursing, social work, uh, education, family and self-advocacy, nutrition, psychology, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, so each LEND program, as I mentioned, brings uh, individuals from a variety of healthcare care and related disciplines together, and it's done through a variety of intentional immersive training activities Um, so this could be anything from um, classroom-based didactic education uh, community and clinical experiences that involve um, diagnosis and intervention Um, It could be opportunities to participate in research and systems change initiatives um, exposure to emerging health and disability issues, and sort of those foundational skills for leadership um, that are important regardless of uh, you know which discipline you come from or what your background is. Um, That training typically occurs over the course of an academic year, um, and each activity, as I mentioned, is intentionally designed to promote um, ongoing dialogue and effective collaboration between the trainees and faculties from the disciplines, Um, so they're learning about each other's roles and their professional orientations, um, and really how to honor each other's perspectives as they contribute to positive outcomes for people with disabilities, which is really the, the ultimate goal. Um, so if a LEND site, and I mentioned the sites are uh, universities or children's hospitals, um, if a LEND site has an OT uh, graduate program, the LEN grant will typically cover a portion of time for a faculty member to serve as the OT discipline lead. Um, and then for, for students... Um, that that apply and are selected to participate they typically get a stipend or a tuition reimbursement Um, i'm also aware that there are some lens sites without ot programs but they've um, worked to establish formal partnerships with nearby universities so for example we have um, a lend program that's based at vanderbilt university and they have um, faculty members and trainees from tennessee state university which is also in nashville Um, and some of the programs, to support the engagement of a community-based professional who can provide the OT perspective within the cohort and mentor OT trainees in the interdisciplinary context as well. Um, every program leverages the resources that are available to them. Um, so there are uh, some programs of the, of the 52 that are without OT representation at this time. Um, lastly, um, on a, on a Broadly, um, LEND programs also serve as a statewide resource um, by increasing access to direct clinical care, Um, Providing technical assistance to Title V and other public health entities as well as uh, school systems. They also um, Offer short-term training and continuing education to enhance the skills of practicing healthcare professionals Um, They educate policymakers about issues relevant to the ASD and developmental disability population So a lot of different functions and I'll speak hopefully a little bit more um, Later on about sort of the entry point for individuals who are interested in participating because we have a a pretty large national presence Um, and I I think you know on the topic of of interprofessional practice which is why we're all here today um, this is really the hallmark of LEND Um, and it has been since these programs were established by the Federal Maternal and Child Health Bureau in the middle of the last century Um, they're seen as leaders in the field on this front um, and have developed some pretty great um, approaches for, for training folks from, again, from all disciplines within the interdisciplinary context. So I'm really excited that we're talking about this today.
0: So, Ben, it, it's so important and wonderful to hear this overview about LEND and, and associating it and uh, making sure that it's clear that this is a great example of an interprofessional uh, program um, in terms of what you had already stated, learning about each other's roles and professional orientations and how to honor each other's perspectives as, they, as we work together to contribute to hopefully reaching positive outcomes for people with disabilities. So I want to now turn to Chris and Doug Lean, who are occupational therapy practitioners and educators. How do you define interprofessional practice? Why is this important uh to uh to your service to to the profession and and really to aota this is really so so key so thank you chris and douglene for giving what you would how you would define ipp or interprofessional practice
2: thank you sandy and Ben also ben touched on it when he described lend and the various programs So interprofessionalism creates the opportunity for various disciplines to come together and use their skills as they collaborate to improve outcomes for clients, communities, and society as a whole. To me, it's important because it allows the strengths of each professional to be leveraged as they work together to address individual and societal challenges. Um, You might find an occupational therapist, physician, psychologist, educators, and other professionals all working collaboratively.
3: And in, um, thank you, Dougline, because I think you you really identified the importance of professionals working together. I also in uh, the lend program have come to appreciate how family members and self advocates are a part of this interprofessional practice. So uh, just as Doug Lean mentioned, the health the healthcare professionals and the educators that are part of the practice within Lend. Family members and uh, self-advocates are part of the interprofessional team, and they work together to provide optimal services that promote developmental outcomes and daily participation uh, for children and families. So it sounds,
0: Chris, like what you're saying is this is also a great way to engage families um, meaningfully. And so I was wondering if you could help us, um, if you could tell us, perhaps a personal story of how um, the value of IPP within uh, uh, the LEND program, since you have experience within it, and how would you say, in your own experience, how does the LEND leadership training differ from other opportunities that you may have had?
3: As as Ben has mentioned, there are multiple learning opportunities within the LEND program, so classroom didactics, working within systems of care, and uh, specifically in the Wisconsin LEND program, the curriculum includes case-based learning opportunities, clinic experiences, research activities, and policy activities. And all of these activities are completed by an interprofessional team of trainees. So we have trainees from multiple disciplines, and we also have family trainees and self-advocate trainees that participate in these experiences as well. The case-based learning activities in our program have really been identified as uh, favorite activities by the trainees. And this is where the trainees learn about uh, children and families where the child has uh, a disability. And in our program, we cover different modules. We have a module in autism. We have a module uh, about... Um, cognitive disabilities and there are a couple of different modules and as the interprofessional team of trainees they work together to identify the family's priorities and resources so that they can address the family's concern within the case that they're studying. And these experiences are so valuable as each trainee describes how they would be able to assist the family from their respective discipline. And when we have family trainees that are part of the group or self-advocate trainees, then they also share their experience. And it really, truly becomes an interprofessional educational experience. And so The trainees within the group learn with, about, and from each discipline. And here is where the occupational therapy trainee can showcase occupational therapy's distinct value in uh, the case application. So it's sounding
0: like, Chris, you're saying that the LEN program is Uh, fostering the development of leadership skills within this interprofessional uh, exchanges, but also that OTs are leaders within LEND in addition. And so I'm wondering if you can tell us more about your experiences with LEND. How has it
3: influenced your leadership path? Sure. I'd be happy to. As you mentioned, the Len training program actually does help the trainees develop those leadership skills in the case-based learning that I was just referring to. Each trainee has to pick a unit or a case where they're going to facilitate the case discussion. So that is the beginning one one aspect of their their leadership journey and I, you know as I reflect upon uh, leadership it, I, I just always am so amazed at the leadership experiences that occupational therapists pursue. As you had mentioned, Douglene's president-elect of the Florida State Occupational Therapy Association, which is a clear demonstration of leadership. And um, it's amazing to see how many leaders there are in occupational therapy. And For me, my leadership journey really has been refined and developed through training programs offered by the Bureau of Maternal and Child Health. As a doctoral student, I received funding to participate in an MCH leadership training program designed for occupational therapists. And over the years, I've continued my leadership journey through interprofessional activities offered through the Maternal and Child Health Bureau and the LEND programs. And most recently, I learned that I was awarded the CDC's ACT Early Ambassadorship for the state of Wisconsin. In this role, I'll work to enhance early identification of developmental delays through the use of the Learn the Signs ACT Early campaign and materials. So I'm really excited to pursue this role and, and really believe that my engagement in LEND has really fostered my ability to participate and to strengthen my leadership skills. In Wisconsin, with regard to LEN, we have two sites that offer uh, LEN training opportunities and the principal or main site is at the Weissman Center in Madison. And we have a satellite site in Milwaukee that's called the Milwaukee Link. The Milwaukee Link program includes the disciplines of occupational therapy, speech-language pathology, clinical psychology, nursing, special education, and as I mentioned, a family or self-advocate training. I serve as the Wisconsin-Lend-Milwaukee-Link coordinator, and in this role, I manage the subaward agreement, oversee recruitment of trainees, coordinate the weekly didactic sessions with Madison. I mentor occupational therapy trainees, and I serve as the occupational therapy clinician in the autism diagnostic clinic and I help coordinate research experiences and also community-based learning opportunities.
0: Well, I think it's pretty clear that you're a leader and it's interesting to think about the intersection between leadership, um, being able to distinctly articulate the value of occupational therapy and working in an interprofessional team and the opportunities that LEND is affording us to, um to enhance these skills so I really want to thank you Chris for, for sharing all this information and Aota is very committed to um, uh, building more materials um, around um, interprofessional education and practice and I know that Douglen is going to share a little bit about that in a few minutes but I also before that would love to hear Douglen to share, your story about getting involved in LEND, um, how you became involved, um, and uh, what opportunities um, you can share about LEND experiences.
2: Thank you, Sandy. I actually stumbled upon LEND while searching the internet for information on transformational leadership while doing a paper for my PhD program. I came across their Emerging Transformational Leadership program at the Mailman Center. And it's a program for the community to learn about leadership and advocacy with the primary focus on disability. When I completed that, it opened the opportunity to create a position for an OT to work within the various programs at the U.M. Melman Center. And I accepted that position and started it in 2014. When I started, I went through their Len training program during my orientation, and that's where I really got the foundation as to what LEND is, like Ben described, and all the possibilities that an OT working in LEN has. So I had many interprofessional opportunities as a clinical and community-based OT. I also was charged with creating opportunities for other OTs, primarily students, so I developed the LEN training program program. For long-term trainees, which includes the level two field work, which we all are required to complete, and short-term trainees for those who might be interested in joining the profession, different training opportunities, and just creating more than what I was offered to expand to other OTs and those interested in getting into our field. So, Doug,
0: Dougling, it's so um... – humbling and and, and, and so, uh, you know, it's aspirational to hear how you want to give back, like you want to not only learn yourself, but you want to share with others and expand their, their learning and opportunities as well. And uh, we all want to thank you for that. Um, I wanted to ask Chris if she can help us now to think more about the distinct contributions that occupational therapy offers um, in working in to, to the collaborative team? What's some of the distinct value that occupational therapy offers, and could you possibly share a story or an example that speaks to occupational therapy leadership and, and its um,
3: uh, application within LEND? Sure, I'd be happy to, Sandy. Uh, as I had mentioned, we utilize case-based learning in our LEND program, and uh, we do have a module that is specifically directed towards a child diagnosed with autism. And so the occupational therapy trainee may, may describe the use of video modeling to help the child enhance activities of daily living and participation or dressing during the morning routine. As I have mentioned, all the other activities as well are related to clinic, experiences, research, and policy, and here you might see the occupational therapy uh, trainee take a leadership role in the research project and helping uh, the other trainees learn about uh, effective literature searches and, and things like that. I'm very excited to say that we have had occupational therapy trainees in our Wisconsin LEND program who have really taken advantage of of many leadership opportunities. And one example I can think of, we had an occupational therapy fellow. So she was a practicing clinician who joined Len, and uh, she actually became interested in Len because she was an undergraduate maternal and child health pipeline trainee when she was pursuing her undergraduate degree. So, and then as an occupational therapist, she was a clinical occupational therapist serving children diagnosed with autism in school, in a school-based practice, and she completed two years of LEND. The first year of LEND, she uh, graduated from our standard curriculum, and during the second year of LEND, she continued to focus on skills that would facilitate her leadership journey. So currently, she serves as a A maternal and child trainee ambassador. So she's a a part of the trainee ambassador group, and it's a national group of maternal and child uh, graduate, maternal and child health trainee graduates, and uh, students that are pursuing uh, maternal and child health degrees, and she's part of the team that's planning the Making Lifelong Connections Conference that will be offered this spring and uh, has really actually launched her leadership trajectory in this national forum, and it all started from the maternal and child health pipeline training program, then the LEND training program as, all, as well. She is also a dissertator in the uh, College of Health Sciences interdisciplinary PhD program. So she's pursuing her leadership in research, too. Wow, what a great
0: example of someone who just built um, her skills and knowledge and, again, giving back um, from what she's learned um, to pursue leadership opportunities and uh, transfer to others. So what a great story. Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Um, I think, Ben, we're gonna have a lot of interest from this um, podcast about how can occupational therapy practitioners get involved. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, what criteria do they need to meet to apply? Can occupational therapy assistants become involved? And, and, and how about those who are not students? Uh, are they eligible to participate? So appreciate you telling us a little bit more of the logistics and, um, you know, the method for how, how someone would apply.
1: Sure. Um, I, I do want to just say um, it was wonderful to hear um, what Doug Lean and, and Chris were talking about in terms of their experiences. And I, I think what's especially awesome is that the trainees get a, a clear sense for how critical each team member's perspective is in identifying and developing a path forward for supporting, whether it's an individual family or strengthening a system of care. And it's really um, just to try and crystallize it a little bit. I think it's an opportunity for future leaders to learn how to rely on others. Um, So that doctors and social workers and audiologists are more likely in their future practice to seek out OT psychologists, educators um, for guidance and, and vice versa, too, and that all of these professionals are sort of armed with the desire and the skills to authentically engage family members and people with disabilities and you know how valuable um, for leaders like those in the positions that Chris was describing to have this kind of background right? Um, right. So I, I just I'm super grateful for for those those um, ex- for both of you for sharing those experiences and um, yeah and as far as the logistics are concerned, um, you know the traditional, LEND Fellowship would really be targeting OT graduate students. Um, So for those who are listening that are OT graduate students, um, highly recommend going to www.aucd.org and click Lens at the top of the page under Find Network Members. And there you can see if your university has a a program site or partners with one. Um, And then reach out to the director or the OT discipline coordinator. we do have a LEND training presence in every state and many of the U.S. territories, but each of them has their own sort of application process and requirements for participation in what we would call this sort of long-term training, which, as, as Chris described, is typically a year long. Um, but I, I think this was mentioned earlier as well. Um, I think it was Doug Lean mentioned that, you know, programs have different tiers of engagement. Um, so, for example, um, medium-term and short-term types of traineeships where students um, can participate in select aspects of the full curriculum to develop their skills and knowledge in targeted topic areas, um, such as autism, early identification, for example. practicing professionals that are seeking to develop competency in interprofessional practice or become more familiar with um, autism and other developmental disabilities, I highly recommend contacting the LEND or LENS. Um, Sometimes we have more than one uh, in their state uh, to see what kinds of continuing education opportunities have been planned or to get connected to relevant resources or even request technical assistance and consultation. Um, A lot of programs do this in school systems and in other types of practice settings where they have particular expertise. Um, And if you're an OT and you um, work at a a place where OTs are engaged in pediatric clinical practice alongside professionals from other disciplines, your place of work can even collaborate with a L by serving as a clinical site um where trainees can complete their required uh, clinical hours and have an opportunity to process their experiences again in that interdisciplinary context so, so there's a lot of different ways um, to get involved and and hopefully um, what I described seems like something that would be um, reasonable for folks listening
0: Thank you ben and can you can you um Answer a couple more quick questions. Can occupational therapy assistants be involved? Um, that was one question, and I'm just wondering about tracking these people. So uh, I'm sure you're tracking, c- collecting lots of data um, because your program is so, um, uh, you know, organized and and thoughtful. Uh, but I was just wondering about the, the these leadership tracks that you're noting, as, uh, anecdotally uh, on this call today. Is there any kind of tracking that's done for the people who participate in lend programs?
1: Yeah, so um, I'll I'll try and tackle both of these. Um, the to your first question, I think there's there's no um, limitations necessarily as to who can be involved in LEND especially if we're talking about participating in a continuing education opportunity or short-term training um, a lot of the the programs have more stringent requirements about who's a long-term trainee and that's typically because of the funding source um, uh, as well as any requirements that their university or, or institution might have um, so I think if there's an OTA out there who's interested in sort of targeted topical training or or just additional professional development, it could not hurt to contact um, a LEND, the LEND program that's nearest you and just see what's available. Um, and as and as far as the tracking, um, we AUCD, my organization, I can provide a little bit of broader context later, but um, my organization uh, operates a, a database Uh, the National Information Reporting System that all of the LEND programs use to do their reporting. So, yes, they have um, a a mechanism for tracking and reporting the number of, for example, OT medium-term trainees that they engage on an annual basis. Um, That information is owned by the programs. So um, our ability to report that on sort of an aggregate level is – It's complicated. (laughs) Um, But but there is an opportunity on the 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 directory that I described earlier at www.aucd.org to see at least which programs um, have an OT faculty discipline leader, for example. And I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but um, you're able to see, um, you know, there's a list on, on each program directory and it's a sizable number of them.
0: So it's just interesting to think about as, as uh, Doug Lean, as president-elect for the Florida OT Association, you start to wonder about connections between being involved in LEND and how then, you know, what kind of advocacy is going on in a state or, again, what other leadership opportunities, um, or, or, or are they AOT members or getting more involved in AOTA? So it would be interesting to look at that at some point. But thank you very much for, for uh Sharing some additional information, and again, I think uh, it's so exciting to hear about this important opportunity for occupational therapy practitioners, and 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 it's so helpful to hear the specific stories from Douglene and Chris today to understand how they benefited um, professionally and um, from 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 these opportunities. So, Dougline, I'm hoping you can help us to. Uh, uh, start to synthesize some of this. What are some takeaways for the listeners today? What, can, what kinds of resources can they access from LEND? Uh, we're going to hear from Ben about that, but also from AOTA. Are there other resources that you can recommend that would be a, a next step for, for our listeners?
2: Yes, definitely. Like Ben mentioned, students can connect with their fieldwork coordinator as a starting point to seek out those wish list opportunities with len affiliated fieldwork sites. I know Mailman has one, and there are others. Clinicians, they can seek out employment with Len programs. That might either be something that's community-based, where they're a part of an interprofessional team and clinics across the lifespan, or it might be even grant-funded, There are interprofessional clinical opportunities for assessment teams, as well as specialty clinics. Clinicians can also seek professional development and training opportunities provided through LEN affiliates, so they can participate in leadership and advocacy training that LENs might be offering. And I find that it changes your view about disability, the clients and communities we work with, and the systems to create impactful change. AUCD website is a great resource, as Ben mentioned, to visit so that they can find those resources there that includes webinars, toolkits, and even policy updates. That's how I stay abreast of what's happening in the disability space and what we need to galvanize and get behind. And AUCD also has a conference. Now, if we want to shift gears and start thinking about AOTA, there are many professional resources and opportunities there as well. We have the podcasts, such as the one like this, and chats that they can find commune OT. They can spark conversations with fellow OTs there. They can look for leadership and professional service opportunities by joining AOTA's communities of practice and different work groups. That starts with creating a cool profile so that you can be located, and join and be active in your local and national professional organizations. One of the great ways to do that is to attend the AOTA annual conference in April, which I love. And there's a session on IPP on Saturday, April 6th. It's going to be from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And if you're looking it up, it's workshop number 314. It's entitled Navigating Pediatric Interprofessional Practice. Outside of conference, there's ongoing professional development opportunities that might include webinars as well as articles. There's a new article in the OT Practice about land OT and IPP. It highlights the work of Kate Lucas and Len grantees at University of New England. Chris's and my work is also highlighted there and it was released in hard copy this April, this coming April in electronic version that you can find now. The website We'll have that as well, if you can't recall what it is. But there are many articles and webinars that touch on this. On the website, also, there's also going to be a new section specific to interprofessional resources. So look out for that as well.
0: Thank you so much, Um And Ben, I think it's going to help us to understand some, some materials from AUCD and LEND.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sandy. And um, thanks, Doug Lean, for the shout out to the AUCD website and our conference. Um, you know, w- one of the functions that our, our organization has is to be a technical assistance provider for the LEND programs. We're also their membership organization. Um, but our scope is um, a lot bro- broader than more, more broad than that. Um, so we really envision a future in which people with developmental and other disabilities are fully included, participating members of their community. Um, Workforce development, especially when it's informed by and in collaboration with people with disabilities and their families, is is really a significant part of how that vision becomes a reality. Um, You know, AUCD's network, we also see it as a place where disability community leaders come to grow. Um, Our members are engaged in cutting-edge research with practical implications, innovative clinical practices such as telehealth, Um, information dissemination to a range of stakeholders and advocacy for policies that result in self-determination, independence, productivity, and a healthy and satisfying quality of life for people with disabilities throughout their lives. Um, Some of the resources that we make publicly available are our special interest groups. We have them on topics ranging from autism to early childhood, employment, aging, family support, assistive technology, I could go on, um, but as I mentioned, those are all open to members of the public. Um, and it's a great way to, to dialogue with individuals with uh, shared interests and, um, and really talk about increasing our collective capacity to address some of the gaps that exist. Um, we also have an extensive webinar library um, and and multiple ways, as Doug Lean mentioned, for, for keeping folks up to date on disability policy at a federal level. That includes things like a weekly news brief. We also have an accessible YouTube program. Um, everything I mentioned and more is available at www.aucd.org. And um, we're just, again, grateful to, to be partnering with AOTA on this and, and other initiatives and grateful for the leaders um, like Chris and Doug Lean who are again um, really where the rubber meets the road in terms of um, making an impact on the training process so that we can make an impact on the lives of, of, of people with disabilities and their families.
0: Well, well I, I can't thank the three speakers today enough. I mean, this is such a powerful conversation about the importance of interprofessional practice and the incredible opportunities that LEND affords us to learn and to utilize the great resources from AUCD and um, to get involved Um, and to know that AOTA is very committed to um, uh, supporting its members uh, for uh, navigating interprofessional practice and uh, certainly this podcast the new area of the website and our ongoing work um, I, I know for myself trying to represent your interests um, in these coalitions that I'm part of uh, like the National Alliance for Specialized Instructional Support Personnel and the uh, Personnel Shortage Coalition that we're talking about interprofessional practice a lot and trying to work closely with our partner organizations like AUCD um, and um, ASHA and APTA and working together because we know that we're stronger when we work together and uh, and work as a as a very coordinated and collaborative team. So um, hopefully this is the first of many discussions and podcasts on interprofessional practice. Um, I know Ben and I uh, have uh, met through the Early Childhood Personnel Center work. Another example of um, uh, the importance of interprofessional collaborations in early childhood, so the work continues, and it's so um, so important and just I'm very grateful to the three of you for sharing all this important information today and And, and I'm also very grateful to our listeners. Um, we want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that you'll share the link to this podcast that we can continue the dialogue on community, our, our forum, um, that we can uh, attend conference presentations and, um, and look out for that new area on our website that will give you some more resources and uh, um, ideas and ways to learn more and to do more. So um, I don't know if there's any final comments that uh, Ben, uh, Chris, or Douglene want to make before we hang up today. I certainly want to give you an opportunity if there's a last uh, pearl or wisdom uh, that you would like to share. Um, So just open it up to any last comment.
2: I'd just like to thank you for bringing us all together and highlighting the work that we do as a part of LEND and interprofessional collaborations. And keep up the good work, everybody.
3: I agree.
1: Couldn't have said it any better.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you again so much for for being part of this today. And uh, until next time, I guess it's so long for now.